0: Uh, So my wife and I were walking on the beach recently in some mornings, and uh, it's funny how the beach will motivate you to get up early. Doesn't the beach, if you're down the beach, you see all these people running by the beach, walking by the beach, and you're like, you're normally not up that early. But the beach will motivate you because it's beautiful and it'll compel you to walk by the beach. My wife and I were doing that a fair bit down in Cape May, and um, one of the times uh, we saw this quick video, check it out. Hey he Sharky. So Sharky. i alive. Wow. Hey buddy. <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs> oh That's encouraging. Wow. wow. Yeah, I could put them a little further in, you know? I <laughs> so you'll have my wife's commentary on this video. <laughs> so 75 meters from that spot was where my kids and I um, were all doing beach stuff. And so that was kind of discouraging, to be honest, because that was 75 metres from where we were planted and, and that's where we would go. And then the guy told us, we started talking to the guy, like, wow, do you catch sharks here a lot? He said, this morning I caught a five foot shark and that was a three foot fi- shark and a, and a five foot shark. And so that makes you nervous. Yeah. And I don't know, some of you are already nervous. You watched too many jaws growing up and so forth. You're like, you don't even go in. And... and I grew up in Australia, and everyone thinks everyone dies in Australia with sharks. Like they're like, "Oh, they're showing there." Sometimes, but anyway, that day I don't think a lot about sharks when I'm in the water. But that day I thought about them more than ever. So I was in the water. I was holding my little daughter, and every once in a while I'd just go, huh? "Just in case he was coming for that ankle, just just give me a little." Yeah, he might have been there. I don't know. Huh, I would have been weird to watch, you know, like, what's that guy doing? Huh, just dodging sharks is all I'm doing, you know. Uh, It's funny whether you like it or whether you don't, whether you even believe me or whether you don't, whether you even say that's not fair, Pastor Anthony, all of us are being lured. All of us are lured by thoughts. All of us are lured by philosophies. All of us are lured. Some people are like, I don't believe in religion. Yes, you do. Because religion is simply a belief. And all of us are lured sometimes by our own desires. Sometimes we're lured by the culture, the world we live in. And we're lured. And here's the scary thing. They are all taking us to a destination. What I find even more troublesome about that simple thought is that behind every lure is a personality. Behind every lure is a personality. Sometimes if you're young enough, you're like, I don't believe in God or you think this this thing and that thing and you don't realise that that's what humanity has thought for thousands of years and behind every philosophy that ever exists will actually always be a personality luring you and me to that philosophy. So I wanna ask you, a question, what are you getting lured by? The Bible says we're like sheep. I would say to you today, we're like fish. Just swimming in the ocean, getting distracted by luring things. <laughs> What's funny, if you've ever been fishing, you'll throw out the fishing rod and, and you'll wait. And, and a fisherman will watch the tip of his rod sometimes and, and the bait will just, his, his rod will just bump. Just kind of, yeah, yeah. And what it means is that the, the fish hasn't got it yet. He's just, he's tasting it, he's smelling it. He's kind of just. And then all of a sudden he, he. Um, and he swallows it, and then the fisherman knows now I'm gonna pull it, and it's gonna hook somewhere in his mouth or his stomach, and something like that. And all of us are no, 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 no. We're nibbling, no, 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 no. tasting. And I think sometimes we don't realize who's behind the lure. We don't realize what philosophy, we don't realize what spirit, we don't realize. We just think we're just going around life, but we're all being lured. I found that God is a fisherman. Say that with me. God is a fisherman. The great creator, the omniscient, all seeing, all powerful, all knowing God. He is a fisherman trying to lure people to follow him. Jesus was a carpenter on planet Earth. But when he started his ministry, I think he was a fisherman, fishing for man. Luke, sorry, John chapter 1. John chapter 1 says this. Uh, I'm going to go verse 38, guys. Verse 38. Jesus looked around and saw them following. And he said, what do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Someone say, come and see. He's inviting them, isn't He? He's compelling them, come and see. Come and see, He says, about four o'clock in the afternoon, they went with Him to the place where He was staying and they remained with Him for the rest of the day. Verse, uh, I'm going to skip on down to verse 42. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus, looking intently at Simon. Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter, which means, many of you would know, it means rock. And verse 43 says, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip. He's looking for Philip. Philip was not looking for him. He's looking for Philip and he says, come and find. Follow me. Three words, come and see. Three words, come follow me. They're simple, aren't they? Yeah. Nothing, nothing magical about come and see. Come follow me. Nothing magical about it. But Jesus' grace and anointing was so powerful, they literally left their livelihood and followed because they got the bait down in their soul and they began to follow him. But how many of you know they had to keep deciding to follow? Someone say it with me, keep deciding to follow. Come on, say it again, keep deciding to follow. So often in church, we talk about salvation, the moment when someone is saved and born again. But how many know that there's a salvation moment, but there is the continual following of Jesus, which is imperative? It is the continual following of Jesus. And to continue to follow Jesus, I must continue to surrender to Jesus. See, I I don't believe that you surrender one time and then from that moment you're just like, yes, I will never sin again. I'll never be tempted again. I'll never do anything bad again. No, it'll actually be you believed upon Jesus. You said, Jesus changed my life, but you have to keep deciding to be lured by the love of God. You have to keep deciding to keep on following. Haven't you met people they used to follow? They used to follow and they would not have told you, I won't follow anymore. They just got lured by something else. They were swimming in the ocean and it was like they, they swallowed who Jesus was and the love of God. It's like it got down into their soul but it, and it pulled them. But later it seemed like they got distracted by something else got distracted, they got offended, they, they got upset, they, got, they, they, they were consumed perhaps by money or pleasure or perhaps Jesus' morals, they didn't like His morals. They're like, you know what Jesus, I'm just going to let you go. And I just want to encourage you today that if you actually let go of the lure of Jesus, you will swallow another lure. You will swallow another lure and you've got to understand that behind every lure is a personality. And does the personality that you are swallowing, does it have your best interests at heart? Hear me, young people. Does it have your best interests at heart? I like to see men change their lives. I like to see men come back to Christ. Many of the men who come to our transformed groups have broken their lives, if they're really honest, and then come back to God and start to form their lives and shape their lives. But I just want to tell you this. You can skip some of the pain. Let me talk to young people for a second. And even if you think you're young, let me talk to you. Someone say, skip the pain. pain. Slap your neighbor, say, "Skip skip the pain. Too many people get lured by life. Get lured by lies, get lured by temptations, get lured by so much nonsense. They, they break their marriages, they break their lives, they, they, they won't listen to a, let me tell you this, if you're 20 or 15 or 25, someone who's 45 generally knows more than you. Generally. Remember when you were 10 and you were like helping a four-year-old? Who knew more? You. You. When someone is preaching to you and living a life that is worth following, they're not trying to warn you to take away your fun. They're trying to warn you to save you pain. They don't say don't take drugs because they're trying to take away your pain. They're trying to stop you from taking drugs because they know that so many people get so addicted and literally ruin their lives. Nobody, no one sits in a rehab and is like, oh my gosh, all my life I plan to be here. <laughs> I've never met anyone was like, listen, I was hoping I'd get wrecked my life on drugs for 10 years and then I end up in rehab. No one ever said that. I've never met someone on their wedding day. Like pastor, I can't wait until we hate each other. It's the other be great. I can't wait until I just have an event. It's going to be awesome. No, they just got lured. If you're a Christian here, one of the most dangerous things is when you start to follow Christ and you're in church and then you get involved and then you start serving. Then you even start leading and then someone upsets you. Like, oh, that upset me. I don't agree with them. And here's the thing, you might be right. Your disagreement with them might be right. Who cares? (laughs) Because when you're following Jesus and serving Jesus and and loving people and trying to help people, someone's going to upset you, someone's going to offend you. And then the devil's watching. How many know the devil watches? Just kind of observing you. Let's give him a little unforgiveness. Just hold on to it, and just comes on past him. You deserve it. You're better than that. Don't let it go. And you're just like, huh? (laughs) And all of a sudden, you've been lured, aren't you? You're being trapped, (laughs) luring, Hmm. So far away from my notes. Hmm. We all get lured though, get lured. You ever got lost in your phone? I mean lost in your phone. My wife was, she's like, babe, what are you doing? And I I look up and I realize I was lost. Not physically, just in my mind. I was lost in my phone. I I looked at my phone. I was going to do something important. Remember, you ever done this? You're going to just check a text that was important. You're going to look at an email that was important. You're going to check the weather. I'm just going to check the news. And all of a sudden you're like, well, I might well go on Instagram. And 20 minutes later, you're being lured. Lured by the marketing company. Lured by funny stuff. Dumb stuff. Idiot stuff. Isn't it amazing how much dumb stuff will hold your attention? It's funny. It's good. But it's dumb. (laughs) The longer you spend your time on dumb things... You become dumb. <laughs> oh, that was good. I just, uh, I could, I could just. We could go home, changing lives right there. You didn't think to yourself, "I'm gonna become dumb." My goal is to waste my time on stupid things. But you got lured. Yeah. Yeah. You got lured. John 10.10 says this, the thief comes only in order to steal and to kill and destroy. It's a known scripture. But how many know the enemy of our soul, he doesn't come with a pitchfork. He doesn't come saying, hi, I'm Satan. <laughs> I'm a demon spirit here to tempt you. Actually, in the screw Tape Letters, C.S. Lewis says that sometimes the number one job of the enemy is to get you to doubt he even exists. Doubt he even exists. Because the devil shows up to you dressed like James Bond, if you're a lady. <laughs> Suit, bow tie kind of stuff, right? Shows up like, I'm, I look good, I feel good. I... But he's there, his motivation is different, isn't it? I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and he, he, one of his best friends is, is a policeman in the inner city and he says, in the inner city, because there's so much broken families and just problems and drugs and different things there, he says, once a young man tastes his first Basically easy money, he's $1,000 in his pocket. All of a sudden you're 14, 15, you sell drugs for the first time and all of a sudden you got got $1,000 sitting in your pocket. You literally went from poor to rich. He says it's so hard then to change them, to get them to stop doing it because money came easy. They don't think then of the the marriages it might destroy and the people it might destroy and the men it might kill and the women it might destroy. They don't think of that, it's just been luring to them. Does that make sense? And you and I are no different, are we? And I found in following Jesus, I can't just surrender sometimes. I can't just surrender like once a month. I just can't surrender, you know, even on vacation. You know, How many know it's good to take a vacation? So come on, say amen. amen. It's good to have soul rest. It's good to just walk on the beach. It's good to, and, and what's interesting about vacation is you can fall in love with vacation. You're like, I need a permanent. <laughs> if you're over 40, you're like, yeah, I mean, permanent. You, you, you're like, I deserve a Caribbean all-inclusive boat trip for the rest of my days. <laughs> <laughs> How do I know you've thought that? Because I've thought that. I'm like working hard it's for the birds. I deserve it. I've deserve it. worked hard enough. Deserve it. And you can get lured outside your purpose, not by bad things, good things. See, good things take the enemy. Or become the enemy to really God things. Yeah. If you don't determine who you are, and you don't determine what your core values are. Yeah. See if you and I don't determine who we are and whose we are, if we don't determine we are followers of Jesus, if we don't write that down and think about that and and, and go there again and, and just solidify ourselves in the word again, time and time again, how we know our culture pulls pretty loud. Your flesh pulls pretty loud. It'll tell you all kinds of nonsense. And before you know it, you were a follower of Jesus. And now the truth is you're not following Jesus. And I just want to encourage you again to surrender to the goodness and the love of God. Listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 1. He is a man... Really enraptured by the love of God, he says this, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach His good news. God promised this good news long ago through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about His Son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line. And he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority to go on vacation for the rest of my life. Oh, that's not what it says. Shoot. God has given us the privilege and authority to literally make up every moral that I want to obey from God. Oh that's not that's weird that was in my bible God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell gentiles gentiles as a non-Jew everywhere what God has done for them Paul calls himself this isn't sexy a slave of Christ How can you call yourself a slave of Christ and that be a good thing Because here's what he knows, he knows how much he is literally enraptured and encaptured in the love of God. So he knows if God asks him to do anything, go anywhere, be anything, he says yes, because he is literally consumed by the love of God. He has seen that his Father is the ultimate in good. So whatever God asks him to do, wherever he asks him to go, whatever he asks him to give, whatever he asks him to say... Whatever it is, he is literally like I am a slave of Christ Jesus. Yeah. See, I'll be a slave to something. I'll be a slave to making money. I'll be a slave to just my desires, my kingdom, my world. Or I can be a slave, but the good news is, God doesn't just make you a slave, He makes you a son who is a willing servant and a willing slave to do what God has called you to do. See, I found that in life, the difference between becoming a slave of something else is the other thing breaks you. But when you become a servant and when you become a son and when you even say whatever, wherever, whoever, whatever you want me to do, Jesus, I'll go there. I found it makes you instead of breaks you. How many want to be made by God? Come on, how many want to be made by God? Romans 8, Paul is convinced. He says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, angels or demons, fears for today, nor worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to ever separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Isn't that good? Then he prays for Ephesus, the church. And here's what he prays for them, Ephesians 3.18. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep His love is. May you express Experience the love of Christ that is too great to understand fully. Someone say with me, God loves me more than I think. Say that with me. Come on. God loves me more than I think, more than I can imagine. It's deeper. It's wider. It's longer. Say, Holy Spirit, help me see The love of Jesus. Help me feel the love of Jesus. Help me experience the love of Jesus. He prays for the church that they would not just conceptually know it in their mind. He literally says, listen, I'm praying for you that you would experience the love of Christ. Because when you experience the love of Christ, then whenever Christ asks you to do something. Yes, sir. Yes, dad. Yes, father. No problem, sir. I don't want to, but I will. Because you're good. Ooh, that one hurts. I do it anyway. Because you're good. Here's the interesting thing when Jesus said, I think it's in Mark 9, 23. He says, whoever would come after me must deny himself. Then he says, and take up his cross and then follow me. Here's the interesting thing. When God has asked me to give up something, it's painful for a little moment. It's like an hour, 10 minutes, one day. I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to do that. He's like, yeah, you can do that. I'm like, shoot. And then I, I die to it. i like, ah, put it to death. Blah. And then you make a couple of steps and go, oh, there's more of the life of God in me. Here's what's funny. When God has asked me to do something, in the past and I didn't do it then I found I enjoyed it less and then later I found there was more death are you getting this? I'll give you an illustration you ever watch a show TV show maybe something on YouTube and the Lord's like just prompt you don't watch that you ever done that? And I was like, no, 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 don't do that. Here's what's funny if, if you stay there, it's like death comes. But if you leave it, it hurts for like 10 seconds. And then life comes. I was 18 years old. How many of you remember Seinfeld? How many know Seinfeld was the will of God? <laughs> it wasn't really, but we watched that. For years, and and sometimes I'd be watching. It wasn't a bad show. I'd be watching Seinfeld, and I'd feel the Holy Spirit go, "Come, come, spend time with me." I'm like, "But I'm watching Seinfeld." You know, hanging with George, Elaine, and Jerry, Kramer, <laughs> Newton, Newman, yeah, Newman. And then if I'd listen, I'd go spend time with them, and then I feel like there was more life. And then other times I wouldn't listen. And then I was like, ah. And I felt it. Like he was calling. The interesting thing is, I think the same thing happens sometimes in an offering. I've been at conferences and the Lord's like, just give $50. And I'm like, ah, oh, but I'd rather give the dollar. <laughs> the dollar's like, send me. I will go and the $50 is like I'm heavy I'm staying in here don't you release me I can buy all kinds of things for you and in a conference I'm just like oh, who should go and the Lord's like send that one isn't it funny that the dollar bill wants to go he's like ha. but the 50 is heavier <laughs> you know sometimes forgiving people forgiving people feels like it's hard in the moment let me tell you it's easier later once you forgive them you forgive them you forget it you move on you I felt in my heart I just wanted to tell you this some of you are struggling in your marriage not because you're struggling in your marriage you're struggling in your surrender to God you're not struggling in your marriage because it's now there might be struggle and talk and all that kind of stuff no 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 you're most likely struggling with your surrender to God because I was at an at a, a event recently and they were like, man, these young guys are getting married. We're just going to pray. You know, the enemy's going to attack them and the enemy's going to attack them. And sometimes in Christian circles, you're like, holy cow, I don't want to step out and follow Jesus because the enemy's going to get me. <laughs> they put such an emphasis on protect him because the enemy's going to like attack him and get him and all this kind of stuff. And, I was like, ah! <laughs> and give too much power to the enemy. But I could tell that couple a more simple thing to keep the enemy off your back, just keep obeying God. See, in obedience, there is blessing and in obedience, there's protection. He has a fence. And if I stay within the boundaries, I just get attacked less. It's like, if you go out of the boundaries, you'll find there's wolves there. If you go out of the fish tank, there's sharks there. And I just wanna encourage you today. What are you, what are you biting at that's luring you? I felt in my heart, some of you are transformed group leaders and dream team leaders. And the weird thing is your temptation next season is just to say something really spiritual like this. I need a season off. Most of the time, it's a mistake. Most of the time, because you shrink back. Most of the time, it's a mistake. Unless God is truly putting it on your heart. I've seen so many people go oh, you know I'm just gonna stop serving God in this season serving God keeps you it keeps you preaching keeps me serving God keeps me because I have the responsibility to get before people and preach before people so I know I have to go seek Him so some of us are like I, I'm not spiritual enough to serve yet because you're not spiritual, you should go serve. Because you need it. <laughs> Let me say this finally. Man, I've got so much more to say. <laughs> Serving God with all your heart has nothing to do with your position, but the condition of your heart. It's not your title that matters, but your surrender that matters. It's not your title that matters. Some of you might look at a, a speaker and a preacher and a pastor, a worship leader and so forth and like, oh man, they must really sacrifice for Jesus. Just be a, be a mother that is surrendered. Be an accountant that is surrendered. Be a college student that's surrendered. Be a middle school, high school student that's surrendered. Live for the purpose of God now. Now, not when you're late not when you're old and live for the purpose of God now. God has so many good things for you, but I know in your own self and in my own self, sometimes we wrestle it. And I want to tell you again, he's good. And when he's luring you, say yes. When the enemy's luring you, say no. Come on, close your eyes. Father, I so thank You for every man, every young person, every middle school, high school, college, whatever stage, whatever age. Oh Lord, I pray for Your people, for a fresh fire in their belly, a fresh fire in their faith, a fresh vision in their mind and in their heart. And Lord, where people are struggling, where things are luring them, Lord, I pray that You would open their eyes, help them see it. Help them see it. Help them see through the lure, the temptation. Help them see through it and help them see your goodness. God, I pray you'd help them see your goodness. God, I pray we continue to see your goodness all across this church. As we're in an attitude of prayer, I think of, I think it's, it's, it's in the book of Leviticus. I can't, can't remember the chapter. But the job of the priest at that time was to keep the fire burning. The job of the priest, 24 hours a day, was to keep the fire burning. In the New Testament, every believer is actually a priest. How do you keep the fire burning? You have to keep fresh animals, in essence, in the fire. What that represents is something has to die. Something has to be surrendered. There has to be worship given to God. And I just believe today that today for some of you can be that. That you need to just surrender again to God. You just, you you literally need to be like, God, I want to give you that thing that perhaps He's putting His finger on. But perhaps some of you, it's not just one thing. It's just your life. It's just saying, Jesus, I surrender again my life to your plan and to your purpose. And so I'm going to ask you to do something in this place right now. If you feel like God is just nudging you, man, you just need to surrender afresh. You just need to surrender. Just give God your heart. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet all across this place. Right now, don't wait. Don't let fear speak, you wait. If you feel like the Lord is dealing with your heart right now, stand to your feet all across this place. Stand to your feet all across this place. Stand to your feet all across this place. I would tell you as a pastor of this church, I regularly have to do this bit. I just surrender my heart again to the call of God, to the purpose of God. I don't care if you're a leader in this place. I don't care if you lead anything, serve in any. It doesn't matter. Just again, say, God, I surrender. And I do want to say this, that so often fear is the number one thing that wants to speak to you and stop you. What will others think? What will your father think? He's stirring you. He's stirring you. It's a surrender moment. Eyes closed. There's some young people that just need to say, Jesus, once again, I surrender. And I'm telling you right now, what actually happens to you on the inside is He doesn't soften your heart until you follow His leading. If you feel like the Holy Spirit is just saying, son, surrender again, daughter, surrender again, quickly, stand to your feet. Quickly, stand to your feet. Amen, quickly, stand to your feet thank you lord this is a moment of worship it's between you and god it's a moment of worship if you're standing lift your hands to heaven if you want to stand you know you should stand stand thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord spirit of god all across this room every man every woman standing right now lord let a fresh oil of god come upon their lives right now Let a fresh oil from heaven just come upon their minds, upon their hearts, upon their spirit. Lord, let every lure, let every bait of the enemy literally be broken in the name of Jesus. Lord, help them see Your goodness, Your plan for their lives, I pray in Jesus' Name. Lord, I just declare, Lord, they are blessed and You are good and You alone, Lord, deserve their allegiance and their, their dedication of their hearts. So Father, we just dedicate again our hearts to You. We dedicate, God, our minds to You. Lord, to Your goodness and Your plan for our lives. Father, Lord, I thank You. I thank You. I thank You for it. Thank You, Lord. 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 Thank You, you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, I, I want to say this to you. Can I have your attention for a second? Can everyone stand to your feet? Everyone stand to your feet. You know, I was at a, I was at a church in Pennsylvania, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I got to preach there. And the worship leader felt like he was to call people forward and just say, man, if you just feel like you need more of God and so forth, man, come forward. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit's like, you go forward. And I was like, but I'm the preacher. Like it, it, it was kind of one of those surrender like moments. Like, but you know, I'm visiting and I'm speaking and I might look awkward. If the Lord's like, no. <laughs> and I just remember the wrestle on the inside of that. But I'm telling you right now, it's those moments that God sees. And as I, and, and I, I walked forward, I just made two steps forward and he was like, no, go all the way. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> and just going right up the front of church, lifting my hands to heaven. The next service, it just felt like there was a fresh oil in that service. And I'm telling you, it's moments like, like that really matter. You know, Magno leads our worship team and I just want to commend Him for a moment, for standing in moments like that, to say, man, I'm surrendering again. I'm surrendering again, because don't, we don't want leaders and worship teams and freedom groups and transformed group leaders who used to be surrendered, who used to have a fresh oil on them, who used to. No, it's going to be fresh. It's going to be real. It's going to be powerful. And that's regular surrender. It's regular surrender. And I know that sometimes that, that leader position can sometimes sit on you. No, no, I'm a leader. More than anything else, we're a follower. We're a follower first. If we'll follow well, we'll lead well. Would you close your eyes one more time? You might be in this place and you never grew up in church or you may have grown up in church your entire life you could say the Lord's Prayer you could say the rosaries you could you could do all the stuff you you know communion you know the Bible scriptures remember this Saul was the most educated among religion yet he didn't know Christ And then in a moment, God knocks him off and says, you will be my vessel. You may be in this place today and you may be moral or you don't feel like you've been moral. You may have been good or bad. all of us need to be changed by the grace of God. The Bible says that righteousness is a gift that God Himself gives through the essence of faith. Many years ago, my, daughter, my, my sister was almost about to drown. She was two years old, she'd fallen in the pool and my cousin was mowing the lawn and all of a sudden he just saw a finger pop up out of the water. The only thing he saw was a finger. He dived in, saved her. Here's what faith is, faith is the finger. You can't save you. But faith says, Jesus, I need you. You may be in this place today, just say, simple faith. Jesus, I need you. I can't save myself. I can't make myself right with God, but I can put up my finger to say, Jesus, I need your grace. All across this place, we're gonna pray a simple prayer and that prayer will connect you to Him. Pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I put up my finger. And I say, I need you, save me, forgive me, give me the gift of eternal life. Help me walk with you as a child of God. In your powerful name, may I never be the same. All across this place, if you meant business with God during that prayer, you're accepting Christ for the first time, or you feel like, man, I I just need to completely come back. I'm backslidden away from God. Would you quickly raise your hand all across this place? You're in business with God. All across this place. Thank you. 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 Hands going up all across this place. It's awesome. Just hold it long enough. Thank you, sweetheart. That's awesome. No, thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, those two in the back there. That's awesome today. You can put your hand down. Father, I thank you for every man. I thank you for every heart. Lord God, would you strengthen every man, every every woman, every family represented. Father, do a work of the heart in the youngest to the oldest, Jesus. We'll give you the praise and the honour. Come on, if you receive that word, would you give the Lord a hand in the house of God? Come on.